behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And oh my lord, it is episode 67. Let me guess, Casey, you're locked out of heaven. No, first of all, I'm in heaven today with our guest, but no, I think I have a good one. And it might not really rhyme, but all right, episode 67, our guest today is Driven. 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 <laughs> driven. <laughs> kind of rhymes. He is, he is driven. When you hear all this shit that this guy does, you'll understand my rhyme. All right. All right. Ooh, I like it. Building the context. All right, before we get started today, you know we like to start uh, with pairing ourselves with some reinforcement. I guess it's more like reinforcing ourselves to get started, but YOLO, run with it. So today, Casey, what is our review of the day? All right, Leah. Today's review is from SD underscore RBT. I like that you already know what an SD is. That's a good sign for you. Uh, it's called My Favorite Podcast Ever. I'm nearing the end of my ABA master's program and have begun my study journey. Along with loving your study resources from Study Notes ABA video bundle, I love listening on my drive home in between clients. Each episode makes me love it more and more. You ladies make behavioral principles so easy to understand, and I'm cracking up almost the whole time. Love hearing from so many different guests who make me feel so proud to be in this field. Amen. Nice. That is a good one. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to get into a little introduction, um, and then we will rock and roll. Um, Today's guest... Dr. Antonio Harrison. It has been a long time coming because even back during study stock, people wanted him on. We were, I saw him at ABAI. I was like, I have to have him on the show. Um, so he's a behavior scientist. He's a BCBAD. He's not your typical fancy classy doctor. He is real raw, tatted, straight up, likes his whiskey straight up too. Same here. Um, he is, much of his work focuses on health, sports, and fitness, uh, self-discipline, OBM, and parenting parenting. I can never say that word, maybe because I'm not a parent yet. Anyways, he's a husband, a dad of three. He's a former NCAA athlete, grad school professor, podcast host, virtual reality fitness coach, guided meditation coach, speaker, author. Like, that's what I'm talking about, guys. Driven. All right. So we're excited to have you. I feel like a dick. I feel like I was a dick. I literally was like, I'm feeling so overwhelmed with things to do. Like, (laughs) (laughs) well, that's that. All right. (laughs) Exactly. You should. (laughs) Antonio, thank you for making his own experience. That's good. No worries. Thank you for having me on, ladies. I appreciate it. So one thing that I love about what you've done is that and what our listeners also love is that you kind of took ABA in your background and did you know, not just stuff with autism. You've done a whole plethora of things. Um, But let's talk about how you got into ABA. Like, where did that, how did that happen? Uh, Honestly, um, you know, I've talked about it a little bit before, but when I look, if I gave you the short answer, it would just be about school and college. But when I look back long-term, you know, I I grew up uh, in a situation where I had to have survival skills of watching people Um, with my dad, you know, getting hit hard by the crack epidemic, I was taken to places that kids shouldn't be a part of, right? Like I was taken to dope houses. He was go cop. Um, we would be in environments where like, I would have to know where the exit was, who was sketch, who was okay. And so with that skill of watching people over time, I started to enjoy it. Like just seeing how people would move and shake and what they were all about. And, and yeah, making some judgment calls off top and, you know, within an instant of looking at someone, um, but it kept me safe. And so when I was in college, I did undergrad psych and we had this professor 
David Lopato, this white sneaker, khakis up above your belly button, tucked in polo Kinda shirt. Kind of like you, like you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Real monotone, just like dry ass jokes. But I loved him. He would do shit like go out in the environment, put a sign up and make people walk on the opposite side of the sidewalk and see what happens. Right. And so uh, when I I had no plans of going to grad school, I was going to try to play football as a professional. Um, but I had a horrible knee injury and it took me like a year and a half to walk again. And so I had to come home from the Midwest uh, back to Pasadena, California. And while I was here, I was just I was a full time second grade school teacher. I was working three nights graveyard shift at 24 hour fitness and a bouncer at a club on the weekends. And like, I just didn't know what to do with myself. So I was like, let me go back to school. I've always enjoyed it. And I called him up and he was like, you've always liked behavior and observation of people and manipulation of environments. Check out this thing called behavior analysis. And so I did. And I did my own research on it. And the shit just made sense. Like, it just made sense. Um, and I love the fact that I didn't have to assume anybody's private events. Like, I don't really give a fuck what you're thinking about is how you actually respond to me. Um, and so from there was interviews for grad school and then five years of 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays straight. Working full time, coaching high school football, having children. Um, All that. That was it. So you what made you like and this, I'm interested in the Ph.D. too, but like what made you start your master's and go right through? Like, I feel like that's not a track that most people do. Well, they the program was offered. You can either do master's or a five year program with master's and Ph.D. And I'm not the type to kind of tiptoe through things like if I'm going to mm-hmm. do it, I'm going to go all the way. And I was also like, how fucking cool would that be to have a doctor attached to the front of my name? Hell like, yeah. No, that's that's something no one would have ever imagined of me. Um, even going back to undergrad, people have been like, you're a what? You're a PhD. <laughs> um, and so I was just like, let's do it. Like at five years, that's nothing. Right. Like you look up five years is gone. Yeah. So why not? Fuck it. Okay. So I'm sorry to turn this into an interview real quick. I mean, I guess it is a podcast, but I do this (laughs) all the time. I, I, I need to ask you a little bit more about your background. Casey's going to be like, Oh no, here she goes. Like, I come on. All right. So, all right. So Casey's background, and I mean, it's her story to tell, but she's told it on the podcast, is like similar. Like, I ask Casey questions all the time. I'm like, wait, so you grew up around drugs? When you said dope house, I'm like, uh, you know, I remember my first memories would be like, all right, like I knew it was sketch. I knew we were in somewhere we shouldn't be. I'd be left in the car as a kid. And I remember like being real young, being like, I can drive this car if I had to get out of here. I'm probably like six years old. Like, I'm thinking that far ahead. Like, all right, if if shit hits the fan, I'm hopping in the driver's seat and I'm getting out of here. I'm out of there. Yeah, I'm out of there. Like, okay, so this thing. is so wild to me. So I asked Casey these questions, and Casey's like, Casey always tells the story about how I was driving her to the airport back from Dallas. Really? She was came, yeah, it was our first time meeting. I was driving her to the airport, and I'm like, so tell me, wait, so like, what would your mom make you for lunch? Like, if she was on drugs, would you have lunch made? Would you do this? And I ask her, was it a paper bag or you had a lunch? Like, I've literally asked Casey every single question because I'm like, bitch, I was on reduced and free lunch. There was no, <laughs> right? make, no one making me lunch. <laughs> Orange or blue ticket. Which one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So I, and my respect for Casey has always been like, you are so fucking cool that you grew up with this situation and where you are now. Like, uh, you know, like beating the odds essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I don't want to jump too ahead, but it seems like you've done a lot of that too. So can you give me 
um, just because I ask a lot of questions, like I'm an annoying Jewish girl. Tell me more about your background. Uh, like what was your life growing up? What you, you said like the dope house, but like what other things did you go through that might not be necessarily typical to an, another child? I mean, growing up. Now, this is actually really cool. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of spiritual work on myself. And like one of the things I've been doing in the past was looking back in my childhood and I realized from like the age of like 10 to where I am now, like I can tell you who that person is. And that was right around the time I found out when my dad was doing dope, but elementary school, like I couldn't, I could tell you stories, but I couldn't tell you who the fuck I was, like what, like how I moved in the world. Um, and so I asked my mom and it gave a lot of context. Um, you know, before all that shit happened, uh, we were, we were poor, we were broke. So my mom would, for example, at seven years old, and I think about this cause my middle son's eight at seven, I would have to walk, I don't know, a half a mile, to get to the bus stop by 7.40 a.m. to take a 45-minute bus ride to school, get done with school, 45-minute bus ride back. And it was because my mom couldn't afford daycare. So that hour and a half combined took care of from when she had to be at work and when she got off. Um, and like, I wasn't a kid who, uh, there was no imaginary play. Everything was real. Like, I got to get this shit done and I need to get shit done so that I can go outside and play and play basketball or football and my mom would be like, I need you to watch your sister. I need you to do this. And when I was on the bus rides from school, my mom would be like, did you, what's your homework? Like I already did it. I did it on the bus. Well, you got a spelling test. I already know them. I memorized them on the bus. Like, can I go play now? Um, there was, it was an adult status from the beginning. Um, and you know, my mom always feels bad about that, but like, shit, it, it led me to never have to worry about anybody relying on anybody else, which can be a detriment at times. So I personally, I am there's one book that I read over and over. It's this book called A Piece of Cake. And it's by someone named Cupcake Brown because her mom was high when she named her. And she's now this like renowned lawyer and what she grew up with. And I, I admire individuals so much like Casey and like Antonio to see what you've done when like you've, you've had to survive essentially. Yeah. You, you've, you've, you've had to survive and well, like what he said, you didn't have anyone to uh, depend on, right? So you depend on yourself. So like, same thing, I'm going to make sure, you know, and my mom is now clean and sober, thank God, you know, it's been a long road. Um, and she's totally cool with me sharing her story. Um, but she feels, yeah, guilty, like, oh, maybe like I robbed you of your childhood because I didn't, I'm like, mom, I remember like taking care of you. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, probably six years old, like, what, I'm going to make, what am I going to make mom for dinner? So she eats like, what am I going to make my sister for dinner? I got to make sure we get on the bus. I got to make sure the clothes are folded. I got to make sure that we're on time. Like my mom never was on time. And I think that's why I'm so psycho about being on time. Um, but yeah, on the bus too, like I'd have my homework done. I'd never, you know, I could have just been this kid who didn't do anything because no one was checking on me, but I was the opposite. I was like, nope, I want to be better. It was inside of me like this fire. Yeah. And I didn't, and, and it's survival, survival, uh, sets up a situation for zero options. Mm -hmm. You don't have an option. Like I don't have the luxury of being like, well, I'm just gonna do no, nah, like I got to get my shit done. Um, and you know, I mean, even like Casey was saying, um, I would remember, I remember there was a time when I was like 16 where I think my mom was, cause my mom would have to work two to three jobs just to keep us afloat. Cause you know, at, from the age of 10 until today, like my dad, has not worked because of all of this. Um, I remember one time being at home 
and like him calling me uh, from my room and being like, you got to take me to the emergency room. Being like, what's going on? He's like, I've, I smoke something that's bad. Like I'm freaking mm-hmm. out. And like going and bringing your dad to the emergency room and seeing him hooked up on a, you know, a hospital bed with all this stuff because he's having a really bad trip. Mm-hmm. Like that's so. So the rest of the world, if I go to school and shit like that, like all the problems the kids were talking about, like, oh, my grades or my girlfriend or boyfriend or my parent, like, man, you don't know what the fuck is a real issue. Like, you have no idea what I go home to. So, like, you can bitch and complain all you want, but, like, get this shit done. It's not that big a deal. Like, you got, there's so many other things you can choose to, you know, complain about. Like, I don't have time for people's stories when they're, like, like, minuscule, like, complaining. I'm like, okay, my dad's overdosing on crystal meth right now. Like, sorry, let me not, like, worry about the fact that your, you know, hair isn't looking good today or whatever it may be. Yeah. Like, and I think Casey knows what I'm saying. Like, it's not to trivialize anybody's own problems. That's their history, right? But at the same time, it's like, shit, man, like I got to survive. Like what do I want? What, where the fuck do I want to end up? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? Right. Um, do I leave that to chance or do I grab this bull by the horn and be like, I got control of this shit. You grab it by the horn and you got control. That's it. Amen. And I, you know, and I actually wouldn't change it for the world because like, I nope. am proud of where I can. I, you know, I'm proud of who I've become um, in spite of all of those crazy ass challenges I wouldn't change it because I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. I'm curious too, Casey, like uh, with your relationship with your mom, like I'm close as hell with my father. Like that's one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no we went through. It's like me and him are like, you know, <laughs> we're like this. Yeah. When my dad was passing away, uh, I was his full-time caregiver. I mean, like we, he, yeah. Best friends. Absolutely. And same with my mom. Like, I love my mom to death. And like, she didn't, it was like, almost like, I think of it like this and I've worked it through it with therapy. My parents had me young. My mom was 19. They were addicted to Coke, crack, everything else. They didn't have the skills, right? Like they just didn't have it. And then when you do drugs for so long, you just, you ruin those neuro pathways and they just don't, they don't function like typical human beings. And I had to give them some, you know, compassion. Great. Yeah. Some compassion. Like, you know, they're trying and you know, there was times when they were sober when I was growing up. I remember some good yeah. years or some good days, right? It wasn't all horrible, but like the shit that was horrible, no kid should really ever have to go through. No. Nope. Um, but it makes me know that when I am a parent, like I'm going to be the best again, do everything my best and be just like, you know, just give them everything and not in a spoiled way. They're going to have to work for it because I understand all that. But like, I don't want my kid to, you know, feel those things that I felt when you're worried about, are we going to have a house tomorrow? Are we going to crossroads mom? Where are we going to live? Is the electric bill paid? Like do, do we, you know, all these eviction notices and, you know, bill collectors and all that stuff is like, it puts you in this fight or flight all the time, right? The bear is always there when you're yeah. like in this situation. And so, yeah. Well, and yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe one of the things that's pretty cool that I was thinking about when, I don't know so much if you are a parent of someone of a child who's an addict, but when you are a child of a, a parent who's an addict, there's no real lies in the house. Like mm-hmm. it's truth. It's honesty. Cause they can't lie. The shit is in front of you. Like, so that yeah, is like my parents, I feel like protected me. Like it would be like, okay, like if we were financially struggling, it'd be like, like it was always like this shielding, which I mean, like I, I feel, especially when I talk about this, I'm like, wow, like I'm so blessed, you know, with these different things. But that's so true the way you say that. Like there's no, like. No, that's why we're so close. Like my dad, 
like like Casey was saying, um, I knew when he was off the drugs, like that was my real dad. Mm -hmm. I love he loved me to death. He did everything you know possible to to embrace me and show me I was special. Um, and like he just told me the truth, like I fucked up. I pawned your necklace. Like I fucked up. Um, I used your social and took out a credit card in your name. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, <laughs> we can't get you a Christmas present today or we can't do this because I just don't have the money. Like it was just honesty. So I never had to worry about like, are my parents lying to me? Is this or finding out some lie later? Just like truth as hard as it was from the very jump. I love looking at it that way. And it probably is why we're so close because it is. You know, I remember my dad being like, I'm sick today. I'm going through withdrawals or whatever it may be. And or my mom, same thing. Like, I'm sorry, I can't um, pay your like one of the things was I, I used to play the saxophone when I was like, you know, you know, kid played music and they're expensive. It's like $50 a month or something for the kid to play this. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, and so, you know, she'd be like, I just can't like I have to pay the electric bill, like very serious. Like, I'm like, OK, like you know, that's fine. I get it. Or like, you know, she'd be out at the bar and like, I'd be like, oh, well, you probably spent, how do you go to the bar? And I used to think these things. And I still think these things when people are like, oh, I don't have money to do that. I'm like, bitch, I just saw you do this. You were just, you have money to do it. Like, <laughs> It's so funny to me. I think of these things all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I got to retrain my thinking. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and you know, you persevere and you just, you just have no option. That is the thing. You don't have yeah. that. The the best thing <clears throat> the best thing my dad ever taught me was what not to be in a man. Mm -hmm. His actions. I saw what not to be. Now that didn't always serve me right in knowing what to do, um, but it damn sure helped. And now you're a dad of three, and you do yes, so all much. Boys. All boys. So much testosterone in this damn house. <laughs> Uh, I love uh, I love watching your YouTube workout videos with the kids. <laughs> you're like, get up! <laughs> like when your kids start slacking off in the back, you're like, no, 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 I see you. But yeah, so let's talk about. I see okay, you. So, yeah, I see you. Um, all right. So you talk about something. Um, like you're just a different type of behavior analyst. You are. Like I'm sure you know that you're not like a typical like oh, I'm only going to be with my behavior nerds and blah, 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 blah. Like you are all out, whether it be meditation, whether you're self-discipline, um, your podcast, like just the different things that you do. Like what does Antonio do right now? What do you? Yeah, It's yeah. <laughs> a fucking crazy question. It's hard for me to answer, which is why I just gave myself the title of creator. Um, but like what I'm actually doing in terms of getting paid to do right now these days is um. You know, I teach grad school for Pepperdine and University of West Florida. Um, I coach high school football. I'm on my 12th year. Um, I was a head varsity coach for six years. And then now I'm uh, six years as an assistant head coach and defensive coordinator for another team. Um, I am a virtual reality fitness coach. So like the Oculus Quest headset you put on, mm -hmm. you go to this app, this fitness service called Supernatural and like, it's not like, you know, oh, we're going to do push-ups. It's like you got a, a white bat and a black bat in these cool environments. There's targets flying at you with music. And like when you put it on, like I pop up in your headset, then motivate you through it, uh, through voiceover. Um, and then I also have in that app, um, we've started doing uh, offshoots of 10 or five minute guided meditations in these cool ass environments. Um, so I do those things. Um, I do a lot of webinars and speaking 
And then uh, one thing that I've been doing that isn't paying me, but I think it's paying me in um, good karma, I guess you can call it. Before the pandemic hit for January 1st, I was like, you know what? Uh, I keep hearing all these people talk about how they want to get in shape, get their asses in the gym. But, you know, like the gym can be intimidating. Not everybody knows what the fuck to do. Mm -hmm. Can't afford a trainer, can't afford equipment or membership. So I'm like, all right, 30 minutes every single day, all of 2020 body weight workouts or homemade dumbbells, get it in every single day for three, 366 days because we're a leap year. Um, and so every single, I think we're on day 261 right now. So like you can go on YouTube and get a free 30 minute workout in where I'm, it progressively gets harder throughout the years. And like, I got people who are legitimately following that and seeing improvements and progression. And it's just kind of a gift of like, and, but at the same time, right. Third party, it holds me accountable for my shit. There you go. You're getting some, uh, some stuff for free, right? When you say you're going to show up, you have to show up. Yep. And that's the thing is like everything I do, though, I don't necessarily attach behavior analysis label to it. It's all behavior analytic. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, people like how are guided mind meditations? That's just verbal behavior. That's it. (laughs) That's all it is. You want to talk about mindset? It's talking. It's it's the organism as the speaker and listener. What the fuck are you saying to yourself? Mm -hmm. That's what mindset is. That's it. I'm just translating for everyone else who doesn't care to know the technical jargon. I. I don't care to necessarily know how the electricity in my house works. I just want to call the electrician and be like, fix my shit. I need lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah. You don't need to know what the hell I know. I'm okay with that. Speaking of I your web, web, webinar, I just signed up for something and I thought it was, I didn't realize it's actually in the future. Um, I thought I, it was like, I'm going to watch it right now. Cause I'd like to do like research, right. About anyone that I have on and, uh, but it's called uh, lead with hello. And it's yes. through Behavior University, and it um, it's actually not till sometime. October twenty fourth, I think, or twenty fifth. Yeah. So what? Katie what, does all her research. She literally <laughs> knows what you're doing for the next effing year. I know what you had for breakfast. <laughs> uh, lead with hello. Um, I, I'm uh, I'm getting the opportunity to do a workshop and a keynote for um, Arizona ABBA conference, <clears throat> and. Um, It's kind of what I've been saying for the longest time to our field and shit. You guys did it right here when you came on. What'd you say? We're trying to make, you know, providing reinforce, making ourselves conditioned reinforcers for the audience. Right. Like that's what we tell people to do in agencies before you do anything. Go on the home and make yourself a conditioned reinforcer. How the fuck do you do that? Mm -hmm. You get people to know you. Right. Like if someone shows up at my doorstep and the moment I open it and they're like, have you heard Jesus Christ is going to save us in the apocalypse? Like, I don't want to talk to you, bro. But if you open the door and like, hey, I'm John. What's your name? How long you been living in the area? Oh, you got I see kids in the background. I've got three boys myself. Right. They led with hello as themselves as a person. Now I'm more likely to engage in that Jesus apocalypse conversation. Right. Mm-hmm. If I go to how many of us will drive past three different barbers or salons to go to the, the stylist we like? Because that person is someone we like. Or if you go into a store just to look around and the salesperson's like, hey, how you doing? And gets to know you and talks to you and you have a great conversation and you're laughing. Next thing you know, you walk out the door with four items. Mm-hmm. Right. As opposed to the person, the minute you walk in is like, we got this on sale and this on sale. Come by this. Oh, this will look perfect. Like, I watch out. I just came to look. <laughs> right. So um, my, my whole premise, and I think it's probably my purpose within our field. 
and I know that's a cliche word, but is um, dissemination of our science by like, stop throwing the science in people's face from jump. Let people get to know you. Dude, yes. I do all this shit, right? And like, I do all, and then people are like, how the fuck do you keep all that together? Oh, well, you lie some principles of this science called behavior analysis. Like I could show you like how it could help if you're interested, but that's after you know what the fuck I do. Not the first thing, not the first thing. Nope. I think show- this is so important. I mean, I mean, that's what we try to do here on the show in general is to be like, all right, dude, this is real shit we're talking about. And to like take that layer down of, you know, these are real humans too. Like they might be a doctor, they may be this, but like they're just using the same shit, but like keeping it real. <laughs> For example, yeah. I mean, it's so powerful. Like uh, I went with my sister to look at a house the other day and the, and the real estate agent and in my head, I, obviously like I'm like tacting everything. I'm like, dude, look how she has to pair before like being like, buy it, you know, like you got to pair. <laughs> like maybe you're going to show a really shitty house before you show a good one, like build that, you know, like increase that MO of like, oh, there's shitty houses out there. Maybe, you know, but like if I was going to tell this person, I don't need to be like, look, you're establishing the MO and it's really an establishing operation. Like it's annoying. It's it's annoying. It's like very annoying. I could do that. But be like, like, so I told her, I'm like, Linda, I like what you did there. Nice move. Like you showed the shitty house first, then makes this house look all the better. And she's like, or it could be the other way around. You know, you could like show something nice. I like, I don't know. It's just, and it's just like so cool what we could do if we keep it real. Super real. And here's the the thing I don't think a lot of people we know, but we don't realize in practice or application in our personal or professional lives, like every other expert you call for shit is somebody who doesn't know, like, you don't know what the fuck, like, if I need to call someone for the water heater, I don't know how to fix the fucking water heater. Mm-hmm. So even if they came in with technical jargon, I'm just going to be like, all right, like, okay. But everyone's the expert of their own Okay, behavior. okay. Yeah, like everyone's the expert of their own behavior. So we're going to come in and tell somebody how they should be behaving because we're experts. Like they've lived their whole fucking life without you. Mm -hmm. So get to know them. Let them see what you're doing. And when that opportunity comes to drop the ABA mic, drop that shit. But wait for it. You got to wait. You got to wait. Lead with hello. That's the whole premise. I love that show your value right it's like yeah you're not gonna believe anything i say unless i i'm valuable to you or i've you know bit i've created this you know person that now you feel comfortable with you can let your guard down with you um have, you relate to right and that's why we would always want to keep it real and like you know the things that we share on here like i probably never would have done that right like come on and be like hey my mom and dad were crackheads and like all that shit but it, it's true, first of all, and you know, um, it does keep it real. It's, 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 it's painful to share too. Sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm like, ugh, like I don't want to talk. Like the answer is like, oh, like let's talk about it. I'm like, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> well, no, it makes it, it 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 brings a connection with other folks, even if they've never necessarily been through that specific thing. We've all been through the same shit, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Heartache, broken happiness, joy, whatever Grief, label yep. you want to put on it, right? Um, yep. and that's the other thing with lead with hello is you better know the language of the people you're stepping into the room with. Cause like as a football coach, if you walked in and you didn't know what a three, five cover zero defense was, I don't give a fuck what you can do for me. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You don't know my language and yeah. you want me to learn yours. Come on now. Mm-hmm. There's no reciprocation in that relationship. I'm just supposed to fold to what you know, but yet you have no idea 
what I need my safety to do to go strong number two on the inside, you know, slot receiver. What the fuck are you talking about? I know that. I'm good. I'm good. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> but then literally my brain, like that's the exact like private verbal behavior I just had. I was like, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> I know nothing about football. My family, like my parents are South African. So like they never went to American sports. So like, I know absolutely nothing. So that's, I mean, but that just shows, but like, to be honest, I could care less about those, those words. Right. So to me, it's like, all right, like, just tell me like, Oh, you're a football coach. Great. Right. Yeah. Right. That's exactly what I I do think. Sometimes our field does get preachy Mm -hmm. where it's like, it's like, dude, just tell me like, you know, like tell a parent, like your kid's doing that because every time they do that, they get candy after, you know, like not like no one needs to know, like, well, technically, you know, it's socially mediated positive reinforcement and that, you know, increases the likelihood and everyone's like, okay, shut up. Just like, tell me what I need to do to get my kids to stop acting like a dick. Well, and that's why I love the type of stuff like you guys are doing. You're making it relatable for people who aren't in our field because I feel like we do so much trying to make ourselves big within this insulated field. Like Pat Fryman is one of the most charismatic speakers I've ever seen on stage. But when you walk outside of the conference hall, does Joe Schmo know Pat Fryman? No. But they know Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, Dr. Mm-hmm. Drew, all of them. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, how are we? Why are we not trying? Like. Fuck being big and within our field, like be big outside of our field so that we can draw people into our field. Yes. Right. Like I, I, I'm trying to do things in a lot of different arenas. So when I drop that ABA mic, they'll be like, oh, shit, let me go check this thing out. And like, that's why I don't get concerned with not presenting at symposiums. Like, I know that in the future, as I continue my path, I'll be getting calls to say, like, hey, you want to come do this talk? We've seen the work you've been doing. Right. Like I'm not worried about, you know, poster sessions like and it's no offense, like especially in grad school, do that shit like you're supposed to get that experience. But like Mm -hmm. I don't I don't care to be uh, big within our field. I care to do a lot of good work for people outside of it because y'all know this shit already. Why do I need to help you? Mm hmm. So I I love when we had, um, you know, the hostage negotiation. Uh, We've had like so many people outside of the field that have come on. That when it just in like natural conversation, I'm like, oh, you know, that's we call that this in our field. And they're like, oh, cool. I call it this. And I'm like, oh, it's the same fucking thing. Look at that. Look at us. (laughs) Look at us finding commonalities here. Right. And uh, well, haven't y'all haven't y'all know? Well, haven't y'all noticed, too, like the more I teach and the more I get exposed to different disciplines, like everyone's saying the same fucking thing. We're just using a different language. That's so it. True. We're just speaking Literally different language. Literally the exact we're same. same we're saying like the same every shit. Every book, every book I read, like you could translate, like how to win friends and influence people. Okay, translate. How to um, how to negotiate something. Okay, first, essentially, what they call it is like whatever mirror, whatever it is. Okay, first you're pairing. All right, then it's like we're utilizing these same principles with with everything it's just it's just a way that like an angle that we call it these different names that we have yeah and and i know some people don't like that i talk about not utilizing technical language and i want to make this shit clear there's a time and place for that right it could be academia conference teaching working with people in that in that specific uh practice in that profession um but there's also a time and place to not use that shit um, you know, and, and 
if you can translate, Liad, if you can read a book and translate that for yourself, why can't you just leave it there? Why do you have to, why do people then have to say, no, actually, this is what it is? Like, what, what's going on there? Like, how come I can't just be like, cool, I know what the fuck he's talking about. I don't need to correct him or her right. on it. Let me just talk back in the same language and, and translate for myself what the fuck I need to say for them. Like, what, why does that bother you so much? Mm-hmm. If you're if the goal is to help people to change lives, functional, independent living, socially significant behavior, why do you give a fuck whether or not someone uses your language? Why? Exactly. What? So true. And like we are connecting. We are connecting. I feel this in my soul. When we teach, right? (laughs) We we teach test prep, right? So we gotta we know that in class, you know what? That technical language is important for someone to pass this exam. And so that is, but what we do and what I think sets us apart is that even while teaching the technical, we always bring it back to real and relatable examples. And that sticks with people, right? There's no way you can memorize every definition in Cooper, the words, right? No. But if we can give you ways that's like, oh, well, that's, oh, my husband does that. That's, you know, extinction. Or like, oh, I didn't realize that eating an edible, smoking a bowl, hitting a bong, are all, you know, part of a response class. And people are like, oh my God, yes. I get it, right? Like, as soon as like, <laughs> now you're memorable. Now I get it. Yes. And it's, it's crazy, like the light bulbs that you see people when it's, it's like, this is real shit. Like I could give you these huge terms, but let's make this real for you. Well, and what's dope is the examples y'all just gave had nothing to do with fucking autism. Mm-hmm. Like I'm it we have an ability to help individuals with intellectual developmental disabilities, autism, all this stuff. And that's great. There's not enough of us to go around to help all these people. But the fact that we have become synonymous or ABA is interchangeable with autism therapy, that's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Right. We're a science of behavior, not a science of autism. Right. Like let's let's when I teach when I have grad school students and I give my introduction class in terms of like whatever class it is, and I'm just like, here's me, here's what I do. Everybody's like, holy shit, you can apply that to football? Like that's behavior, right? Like behavior is occurring in football, isn't it? Like I mean, they're like skeptical. <laughs> like, what the fuck are we like where yeah. have we gotten that pigeonholed into this thing that um that's the only way people see us? That's uh-uh, I'm not with that. Um, it's just, you know, do you, if that's what you want to do, beautiful. I love it. Um, but don't make it seem like that's all we are. Well, I think people have a hard time generalizing. Like, okay, dude, these principles, like, do you realize the same thing that you're using for these individuals with autism? But it, it seems like people literally can't even generalize these concepts to, like, even within the workplace, right? So, like, let's say you work in a clinic and you you're using reinforcement and pairing with these clients. It's like, they can't even generalize it to the employees who are working in this clinic. I'm like, dude, do you realize there's no reinforcement here for your people? Yeah. Were, like how, like they're not even generalizing it even that far within the same facility. So to, to think of this concept of like doing it with working out or doing it to get, you know, drug addicts off the street or to do it like when we have like a ex pimp on the show, right? Like. It's the same thing. It's all behavior and people aren't, there's a generalization issue to realize you could really, I mean, I think sometimes we do get a bad rap because I mean, I have to admit sometimes like, I think my brain is like, I could do that. I could totally help that situation. (laughs) Like (laughs) you want to sell more houses? Ha ha. 
oh, you want your people to come to work on time? Oh, okay. You want to lose, you know, like I, it's probably annoying to others, but my, I'm sure like just understanding behavior, you're like, you could do anything with it. But that brings me to my next point. The question we get, people say like, well, how did you get started with just the idea of, because a lot of these, you know, unpaved paths, uh, there's a lot of unpaved paths right now. Like there's not like a direction, like immediate direction. Like, okay, so if you want to do, like if you're going to be a doctor, right? And you're like, I want to, okay, so I go to med school at the beginning, but I want to do rheumatology or I want to do dermatology. There's a path, right? Yeah. You'll apply to the best program that has, you know, like lymphoma research or whatever it is. I don't know. But here there's not necessarily that. So I, I kind of, no. what would you recommend to someone who is, and I mean, I think the thing is it takes people having passion within these different areas yep. to, to form it. And we're so new. It's not like psychology that's been around for or or just getting us out there in terms of yeah. like not people, I think they're going where insurance is. Right. Like they're like, oh, OK, that's where the money is. So I must go there. But there's so many other uses. So what would you tell someone who's like, I want to get into health and exercise, or I want to get into, you know, teaching art classes with behavior principles, how yeah. to protect your art. First thing I would say is recognize that um, if you go a path that's unpaved, you essentially become an entrepreneur and that's not what you went to school for. So you have to learn a new skill set with respect to business and marketing and how to get those things. Because what makes a business thrive is clients. And if you don't have clients, you can have the best fucking product on the world. But if nobody buys it, who gives a damn? Mm -hmm. Second, I would say is what I was told with respect to when I was doing my thesis that held with me that I you that I generalize to almost everything I do, which is you're going to spend so much time on this. You better pick something you really love. So you're not burnt out hating this thing and, you know, agonizing doing it every single day um, and then reach out to folks. You know, whenever I do podcasts or talks, I always give my contact information and people reach out and you can ask anyone who has and anyone who's who can who can verify this. If you reach out saying I'd love to talk to you, I set up a meeting with you within the week and I talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Right. To be a resource and don't go in it with, uh, you know, I want this thing from you just being like, I just want to get some information like and have a conversation. Right. Um, you can learn something from anybody, even if it's something that uh, you don't necessarily uh, or someone you don't necessarily like. Um, so reach out to folks, ask questions, learn. And then the last thing is you got to do it. Like one of the things we're really good at is analyzing without taking action, like paralysis by analysis, right? Like, holy shit, there's all these different variables. What are we going to do? Um, like at some point you just got to go, all right, like I, I got to learn here and I'm going to jump in this thing um, and just do it. Um, but it's it's interesting too, and and I know it's a little bit of a backtrack, uh, Liat, with the generalizing. I think our biggest gift to the world is teaching people how to look at their own behavior. Take a look in the fucking mirror. Why isn't your company run under behavior analytic principles? Right? What do we do whenever we want to change our own habits? Why do we assume the behavior we want to do is going to be reinforcing in itself? I'm going to meditate for 20 minutes every day. You may not fucking like meditation, 
I'm going to read 52 books a year. Maybe audiobooks and podcasts are better for you. Why are you not rewarding yourself on a schedule here for adhering to this thing you want to do? Where's your data on your own shit? Mm-hmm. Where is it? But yet you want parents to take fucking data on their children and keep tabs, but you don't do it for yourself. Like be what you ask others to be, you know, so that's what you preach. Exactly. So like, why are we doing that? Um, You know, so but that's what I would say uh, to those other folks. And shit, you can combine those as you start doing that. Take data. See what you're doing. Um, See where it takes you. Uh, and hell, there may be some times where you don't have a lot of money. Um, but if you stay consistent, just like we see with everything else, shit will happen. It'll happen, but you got to stay consistent and be willing to accept a lot of no's. Mm -hmm. And you know what I was, you know, so many people ask, and I think this was asked, uh, when you were talking with Matt at ABAI, like why don't, um, universities, uh, you know, why are they just teaching ABA with autism when you're when you're in school, right? And he was like, "Well, when people graduate, their the jobs, the money is in that is in yeah. autism, and so they need universities are trying to get you know people to get out of school and be able to make money so they can pay back their godforsaken student loans." So I get it, but there needs to be more work done at that level of yeah. of opening up other parts of applied behavior analysis. I mean kind of a constant theme I've seen from people who have like gone off the autism beaten path, let's say has been, cause I mean, I even feel like with study notes, we could relate to it too. Right. It was like, all right, we're not just like, like you need to go and like solve a problem. Like what's the MO here. Right. Like, all right, you guys are not passing this test. All right. So like, let me create this as a reinforcing process. Like let's, let's get pretty pens. Let's get paper. Let's get real life examples. Let's talk about sex and shaping within topographies or, you know, like how long you could last in sex. Like that's interesting for people. So it's kind of like solving this problem. So it's, you know, you kind of have to look at what does the world need or like, Hey, look, I, I know I keep saying real estate. It's just the most recent in my, brain because I was with someone and I'm like, dude, do you see like what you could do here? Like in terms of this, I'm like, or just even like these little steps, like you could choose a focus. Like if you really like real estate, some people love like house flipping and real estate or whatever it is, right? You could OBM the fuck out of that. You could be like, all right. Okay. So let's look at like the risk benefit analysis here. Let's look at like What's re- like, what are you doing to pair yourself with reinforcement different than someone else? Like, why is someone going to give their time to you matching law of going like, as opposed to going to someone else? Like, what are you doing as antecedent interventions? Like, are you going in and putting the lights on in the house before to make it look brighter? Are you going, you know, before the person shows up? And it's like all these little manipulations that like, I, I think like if someone wanted, you could become almost and I know people are scared to like dabble with the ethical code, like, oh, you don't have supervision in this. But part of me also thinks like, it's like, tell me what you think. All right. You got the D in front of behind. You got that D behind <laughs> the PCBA. The dick energy. <laughs> um, like part of me is like, I kind of think people need to not be scared. Like if I loved real estate, let's say, 
which I don't, I'm just like obsessed with it today for some reason, or I like love dentistry and you're a pediatric dentist. And like, that takes a lot of behavioral skills. Like, why can't you become a specialist in that? Like learn so much about this one thing. And you could be like, I think we are at a, a enough of a beginning of our field that you could become an expert in these different areas. If you're like, that's my focus. Oh, yeah. I want to, you know, well, and I think you, you you were reading my mind there. Um, one of the things that I was going to mention with respect to those entrepreneurs is for those who are risk averse, you know what the cool fucking thing is? Because we've had such a hold on autism, you always got a fucking job. <laughs> yeah. You always have you a job. Safe. So if you want to go out there and do your thing and shit falls apart, go get a fucking job real quick. Build the money back up, pay your bills, or hold on to that job while you're doing this thing on the side, and then till that takes off. But you always have a job. Like I'm never worried about my shit falling through the you know the ground. Like I don't consider that a safety net for me because I don't want to work in that discipline. But if I ever have to, I'll just go sign up for a clinic somewhere and be like, I have the skills to do this thing. Like you know behavior analysis. I don't have to explain it to you. Like I need a fucking job, right? Um, if that's what it is for you. There's a safety net right there while you pursue the thing you really want to do. If your risk is ultimately not that high then, if you think about yeah, it. I, I it's remember, not. And, and my husband said this to me. Also because, you know, he's not from America. So, like, he's like, do you realize, like, in America that you could literally do, like, whatever the fuck you want? And it was like, I was like, I don't know. I just, like, find myself at work. Anytime I'm there, like, all I want to be doing is, like, the study notes ABA. Like, I'm at this clinic and, like, you know, like, it's such – I mean, in my head, I didn't say this to him because he'd be like, what? I'm like, it's clear matching law. Like I see where like I have the choice to do both at the same time, whatever it is. And I remember being like, but is it like bad that like I'm leaving this like, like people are going to be like, oh, she has no clout. She doesn't work in a clinic, like blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, big fucking deal. You'll get a job again. Yeah. Like, yep. And at, and at the end of the day, all those people who have anything to say, like, fuck you, you don't pay my bills. <laughs> You don't create my happiness. You don't yeah. deal with you're not my in family. my circle. No, you're not in my world. Like, who mm -hmm. the fuck are you to tell me anything? Yep. Who are you? Like, you don't want to fuck with me. Don't fuck with me. That's fine. I'm okay with you not fucking with me. Like, that's totally cool. Like, uh, there are a lot of people I meet that like, yeah, I learned something from you, but I totally would never sit down and have any drinks with you. You're not that type of person I would chill with. Sorry. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But like, why do they need to say that also? <laughs> like, just fucking yeah. walk away. Yeah, I don't know. That That is a whole other topic with this whole should have, you need to do this, this cancel culture shit. That shit blows my mind and I can't stand it. No. Sounds Not like another it. podcast to me. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to tell real quick, because I love this story. Um, your, you know, your what you did your dissertation on and... Um, you know, your Alfie Khan story. I just love that. <laughs> so I was thinking about like, what do I want to do with my dissertation? And I wanted to keep it in the realm of health, sports and fitness. Um, and, you know, I was head football coach at the time and I don't even know what it was, but uh, I got a hold of this book punished by rewards and it's written by Alfie Khan. And he was like huge on the academic and education lecture circuit. And like, I read through this big ass, thick ass book and the, the basic tenet of the book is we shouldn't be giving children rewards um, for behaviors that they should be engaging in, that 
they should be doing out of maybe a morality sense or an ethical sense. Like or intrinsically, just, right? It should be intrinsic yeah, like motivation. They should have some sort of intrinsic motivation. Like to this be- idea where kids are like, it's like, okay, every page of your book you read, I'll give you a dollar. Yeah. And so they're like, no, he should be reading for the sake of reading. Right. Um, and so I was like, interesting. That is completely opposite of what the fuck I've been taught for the last four or five <laughs> years. Um, I want to challenge this. And so what we did was um, for the small school that I coached that our summer workouts were voluntary, right? Like it couldn't, it couldn't make them mandatory, mandatory. And so all I did was I had public post, publicly posted their attendance. And so when we took baseline, they would walk in and they would check in at the door. I would give them their workout. Um, they would go in, complete their workout, write down their numbers, how many reps, yada, 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 and come have to come back and show me when they were completed and then they could leave. Um, and we were testing intrinsic versus that extrinsic motivation. Once we got some stable responding, um, we moved into now when they checked in, they got a choice of three potential preferences or potential reinforcers of either an Apple iPod, like an Apple gift card for music, like to purchase songs, um, which I look back now on and think how dumb, like all of them were pirating music anyway. Napster. Yeah. Uh, a power bar, which, you know, um, was part of the whole process of working out, getting bigger, faster, stronger, eating all the protein and then a helmet decal, which if you've ever watched football, especially in college, you'll see these little stickers that they put on the helmet that denote essentially you're a badass. You did something cool. You scored touchdowns. You got an interception. You made a big tackle. Um, you're, yeah, you're you're somebody of uh, the more stickers you have. Um, and then they would follow the exact same process. And uh, if going in, getting their workout in, and we publicly posted all the attendance. And it was interesting. What we found were the kids who never showed up in baseline. Well, how the fuck would they know about anything if they never showed up in the first place? Right. So they just weren't showing up. The kids who in baseline were constantly there 100% doing the workouts. Well, that continued to be at 100% with respect to a reward being implemented because there could potentially be something, there was something else that was reinforcing with respect to these voluntary workouts, whether it be the delayed gratification of doing really well, getting bigger, faster, stronger, the social environment of being there with their friends, working out, bunch of testosterone filled dudes with their shirts off and music blasting while we lift heavy weights. Like who knows whatever the fuck it was. Automatic reinforcement. Yeah, where where it was really interesting was for the kids in the middle who had variable responding during baseline. The moment we implemented those three choices for for rewards, 100% attendance across the board. The moment we removed it, back to variable responding. So it's the people on the fence, right? Um, I can't say much about those who never showed up because if you don't know, well, then you don't know, right? right? Um, but if you're there and you're unsure, giving someone a reinforcer and you know, I'll say I say preference um, just because, you know, unless it, I guess I can say reinforcer because it did work. Um, giving someone a reinforcer uh, when they're on the fence about something and, and not being consistent can really maximize whatever it is you're trying to do. Where now they're 100 percent committed. Mm-hmm. They're all in. They're going. It's that little extra push that pushed them there for that. You know, that extrinsic reinforcer provided um, some motivation. And so when I got done, I went through Google and I found Alfie Cohn's email and I hit him up like, Hey, I'm a doc student. I just did my dissertation and it was 
basically generated from reading your book. I'd love to share my results with you. And his punk ass response was, well, if you'd like to hear my response, just read my second book. Buy so my I book. Got, yeah, I got a little snippy and I responded back, cool, no worries. But if you are intrinsically motivated to help others, you probably shouldn't collect those royalty checks on your book, <laughs> right? And then I never heard from him again. Um, but like, right? yeah. you know, like, screw you, bro. Like, what kind, Meow, of, I like what it. kind of professional are you to not have a conversation with another professional about your work? What kind of shit is I that? That's when I knew that. it was full of shit. Well, That's like when you're literally like, you only want to hear yourself speak. Yeah. Like, oh, read my book. My second book will answer all your questions. No, asshole. Like, I want to show you something. I've got to At study. At the very least, like, send the fucking book. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's still asshole, but, like, a little bit better. A little bit better. Well, I think also I always when people are like, oh, well, you're bribing or blah, 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 blah. It's like, okay, you tell me you're going to go to work every day and not get paid, right? Like, I'm sorry. I don't know who in the in their right mind would do something to not get something. Like, we yeah. are all, like, you ha you gotta, right? So it's yeah. just, I always say that. I'm like, you don't go to work for Wait, no you know more. what I was just thinking? Have you ever, this is, I read this so long ago. Have you ever read the book 112 Degrees? No. Mm -mm. Like a long time ago. And it's, it's this whole principle that like some people who beat these world records or like of running or something like it's that. So like at 111 degrees, water is hot at 112 degrees, water boils with boiling water comes steam and steam can power like a locomotive or something. Like it's like this, it is this whole principle on like that one little extra degree. And when, when you talk about like sports and you know, like that one extra Push up. push up or that like millisecond, you know, whether you're the world's fastest runner, or whatever it is. I just was thinking, cause like you're into the sports thing. How cool is that? That like, you know, these people who are already doing it, but to get that extra tiny degree that like makes the difference of them being the best in the world versus I'm sure there's really cool research that could be done with that like tiny shift of difference with reinforcement. Oh, and even anecdotally, like, um, the reason most people fail at shit is because they stop right before they strike gold. They gave Ooh. up. And then someone comes in behind right where they were digging and digs a few <laughs> more meters. And gets gold. Yes. How many times have you seen somebody at a casino lose their shirt at a fucking uh, slot machine and then you go sit down right at the same slot machine? Mm -hmm. Yep. That's literally what my brain was thinking right now. I was like, and that is why people don't leave because then they'll freak out and then it's like, yeah, I must, it must be the next one. Keep digging. Keep digging. Um, the shit will come. Like, it, it has no choice but to, especially if you're learning and applying things that, you, that you're learning. Um, if you're being, you know, smart about it, like, shit will come. It may not come in the time you want it, but that's all right. Like, that's tell, all right. That'll just yeah. make it that much sweeter. We tell people that, that you know, don't pass this test the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, seventh time, eighth time. Like, it'll come, right? Your time will come and it's going to be that much sweeter when you do pass. You know what? And it doesn't define you as a clinician. You know, the exam is fucking hard to pass. You could be the best well, clinician out there. I didn't pass my exam on the first time. You didn't? At all. Yes. Fuck no. And, and part of it was because I was like, I just spent all this time to get my master's. Like, we fucking had to learn... Uh, definitions and terms verbatim like why do i need to study for this thing i've been studying for all these years mm -hmm. and i went in and was like holy shit this is way <laughs> different like yeah. i don't know what the fuck's going on 
Then it was like, all right, let me get these BDS modules everybody's talking about <laughs> and fucking sort this out and study this shit. And then I went in and was like, nah, okay. Yeah. That was teaching me to the I'm test. I'm so and- sorry for you that we weren't around when you were studying. I'm really sorry. <laughs> it's all right. I think, it was, I think it was, we would have been your vibe. <laughs> it, was, it was a good lesson for me to be like, man. Uh, it humbled sure you, you, right? Whatever you're doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. And I think a lot of people do. They get out of their master's and like, oh, I'm just going to sign up to take the exam. It's like, oh, no, no, no. Like this no. exam, you need like three to four solid months of like living and breathing and eating the test, testing for the test. It's different, right? Than all the shit that you might be doing in your clinic. Yep. Totally different. Um, I love that, that was, about you. Know, you. So, yeah. Now, I, I, a lot of people just make the assumption, like, I just flew through that shit. Like, my first one, I literally, I think, finished the exam in, like, 50 minutes because I was just like, fuck it. Like, I don't, knew. I'm not knew now. like, I, I, I don't know where the fuck we're going with this. Walked out. <laughs> this is not what I learned in my master's program. No, this isn't it. Yeah. So that's awesome to hear that you are, you know, not only real and relatable, but you didn't pass your fucking exam. So anyone out there listening no. and you didn't pass your exam, it's okay. He's a doctor. Look at him now. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, shit happens. Um, Look at me now. Keep pushing. That's all keep you digging. can do. Man. Keep digging. Shit. Well, Antonio, I think we need, I think we need more people like you because for example, like when we started this podcast, I know a lot of our listeners know we got a lot of pushback. Like who are these dumb little bitches calling themselves bitches, you know, like doing this and, um, Maybe like a lot of, you know, the people in the academic part of the field were like, what is going, you know, what is going on here? Like, what's our field coming to? And I think someone like you who we need people like you to, you know, be representing like the people who have the BCBADs in the field or who are professors and sharing this knowledge that it's beyond that. It, It is beyond those khakis and that, you know, like everyone comparing like, well, I read this many articles this morning and I read this many articles. Like I am the first to say, I fucking hate sitting and reading a full article. Like I will ask Casey, like, give me the gist. All right. Like, so you read it. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> like for me, sometimes I'm pained by the length of CEUs and because I'm just so interested in like the application, like what we see every day, like just like doing those things. But I think it's so important to have someone like you keeping it real. Um, well, now, I appreciate that. In, in all honesty, I think all it is, is we forget how important we are to each other. Mm-hmm. Like EAB, ABA, professional practice, service delivery, like none of that shit means nothing without each other. It doesn't. Exactly. Like you, we can have, you have the greatest thing since, you know, sliced bread, but if nobody's fucking using that shit, then what does it matter? Right. Um, and if we're using stuff, but not getting new research coming out to make ourselves better then what the fuck are we doing? Like we all work, like, why aren't we being more collaborative and working together and understanding uh, each other a little bit more? At least that's been my experiences, you know, and save a shit ton of time. Like if if psychology's found something that like is already working, like if it's not broke, like why, like utilize that and then further your research, you know? And it's, and it's a different thing to come and sit at a table with say a, 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 a psychologist or psychotherapist and being like, all right, this is the issue we're dealing with. Okay. Well, that's how you talk about it. What does that mean? Okay. Well, this is how we would talk about it. So we're saying the same thing. So like, how can we work together to make this effective? So it works for both our disciplines, but more importantly works for the fucking person we're working with. Pull your head out of your ass. Okay. Is what like, 
I, I my, one of my good friends, uh, we, she's an OT and, uh, you know, we always have like conversations and every single time it's like, oh, we're talking about the same thing. Oh, we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> like, and it's for the benefit of the client at, at the end of the yes. day. That's what we all need to be working together, referring to each other, supporting each other, um, coming to the table, open, playing nice in the sandbox and just being a fucking real human. What I tell the football players, if, if you don't care about who gets the fucking credit, we can go a long ways. Oh, we can go a long me. way. Who cares who gets all the awards? If everyone's standing on the podium with the championship trophy, we all get a ring at the end. We yes. all get a ring at the end. Like what? I don't care if he's got 20 tackles. Well, I did my part so he can get those 20, right? Like do stop caring about who gets the credit. Mm-hmm. Stop caring about who gets the credit. Dude, when that. you let egos go, it's insane. Like what insane. you said. I mean, even on a personal level in my house, I like I, you know, like doing study notes and these different things. It was like, even like as a partnership in my, in my marriage, like at a certain point it was like, all right, dude, what you have is working. So let me support that. Like I will take care of these roles in this because you need all these different, like on the, on the football team, you need, you need someone to be the water boy. You need someone to do these different things so that, you know, it all comes together. And I mean, I think Casey well, and I and- do that a lot with each other in different areas. Like she makes me look good because she does the research and, when, and people better figure it out um, and hear what people are saying before you have to contact some sort of tragic event for it to be real, right? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, a lot of people be like, ah, oh, this dude's ego is huge. Da, da, da. Um, yeah, I still have that competitive lion within me and that type of thing. Um, but part of that from my history. and But, like, I was a straight asshole until I got hurt in college. I was a dick. I was 17 years old as a freshman in college, starting on a football team, being the freshman athlete of the year, you couldn't tell me shit. What were you going to tell me? <laughs> oh I mean, God, you not definitely only have the girls, like you, the football players in college, they could like stand on the wall in the bar, like being like cornerstone this bar. And I went to university of Maryland. I wasn't, and the I wasn't the wall stand there. And these, these, what are they called? Like, I think they called them like Jersey hoes back then. And they literally, you could just stand there. And like, these girls would just like grind all over them. Like, I'm like, Dude, literally, there's no effort here. Like, all they need to do is be a football player. Well, the cool thing is I had the opposite because we went to, like, one of the uh, premier academic institutions. So, like, they're just all these really smart people who would never put themselves in that situation. So you had to be out there. Um, You know, uh, there was no sitting on the wall for me. Uh, You had to go out there and go get. Well, you should have gone to University of Maryland. Low response effort, (laughs) let me tell you. Where did you go to school? Grinnell College in Iowa. Oh, I love Iowa. I'm there all the time. I go once a year. I, was I love it. No, I, I know uh, nothing about Iowa. I'm like, if I could live there, I would. Why can't you? Uh, we got family here. My wife doesn't want anything to do with snow. Mm. That's it. And she doesn't want to come That's to it. New England where I am. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm working on it, especially with this COVID thing. She's now like opening her mind up to like, why the fuck are we? covering up our fireplace with a blanket because there's so much smoke in California that it's coming through our fireplace. Like, this is crazy. Snow is actually really pretty. And not to (laughs) mention, this is another thing with these high cost. Did you say you're in Pasadena? Yeah. I got my prosthetic fingertips there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, 
that you never uh, wear, by the way, ever. You know what? I accept it. This is who I am. I lost three fingertips. Yo fucking low, you know? But anyways, that's right. <laughs> but also like these things is like, if you're play- paying for the amenities of a city, this is off topic. Like my sister was like paying seven grand a month to live in like the Upper East Side of New York. And it's like, if you can't take advantage of the city because COVID, you're locked up. Why the F not live in Gun Barrel City, Texas? Yeah. <laughs> why not? Where you can get acres of land yeah. for a quarter of the price you pay. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where I'm at personally. I mean, we just actually came back this weekend from looking at buying 72 acres in uh, a, play, a little small remote place in Arizona. Um, but And it wasn't hot. It was high elevation. But it just going back full circle, the fucking realtor's manager was not, he did not make himself a condition reinforcer. The the asshole called, referred to me as a contract, an inanimate object. Instead what? Of a, instead of a buyer, instead of potential buyer, client, customer. He's like, that's why I make my contracts go outside. I was like, hold the fuck oh. up. Right? Like, right there. You just lost someone purchasing two parcels of land from your company because you referred to me as a contract. Like you're you fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. fucked up. I don't now I'm now I'm looking at all the reasons why I don't want to be there instead of why I do. And that can happen so fast with any type of so interactions fast. that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I drove in an RV with three kids under the age of 12 for 12 fucking hours <laughs> to have you call me a contract. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> you should have just called you a contract over Zoom and saved you some time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we would have been done. Oh, all right. I feel like we could sit here and just shoot the shit for like the rest of the day. Um, but Antonio, I'm so happy it finally worked out and you yeah. are just a rock star of a human being. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm trying my best. <laughs> shit. Keep it up. I'm about to go do your workout on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, we'll put everything in the show notes. Um, you know, his Java article he published, uh, his email, um, his podcast, which I, we didn't even get into, which I just wanted. Why, how did, where did you come up with that idea? The thank you, I love you, I'm sorry one? Uh, yeah, no, Um, I had this idea to do a documentary. So thank you, I love you, I'm sorry. Um, and forgive me is actually this Hawaiian ancient ritual called like Hapa Ono, but I had no idea. I learned that after the fact. I just thought to myself, thank you, I love you, I'm sorry, are phrases we engage in all the time, every day. But we often don't say them to the person who actually needs to hear it the most. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's easier say it, to say it to someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And when you have that conversation, sometimes it doesn't necessarily like you go to show up to say I'm sorry to someone and it becomes this defensive battle back and forth. But and writing things down allows you to kind of organize your private events, put them in, in a form that really expresses what you want. Hopefully, if you take the right time. And so I had this idea of doing a documentary surrounding my knee injury where I was like, I want to go back and say um, thank you to uh, my athletic trainer during that year because she she kept me out of a really dark place. Um, I'm sorry to my coach because of the amount of resentment I held towards them um, because when I was on the cutting table for my first surgery, just the cutting table, not the in or out room, I was 12 and a half hours. And about 10 hours in, I started to come to when they flooded me with anesthesia, which put me in a medically induced coma for four days. I went in at 205 pounds. I woke up at like 155. Um, And my my hospital was only 45 minutes away from campus. And out of all the shit I did for my football team in school with 60 players, 16 coaches, 12 coaches, whatever it is, 
one fucking person came to visit me. And so I wanted to say, I love you to that player, Waylon Woods, shout out double dubs. Um, Cause he like to see him walk in when nobody had shown up, nobody, like it was such a moment of, of gratitude and, and humility. And I mean, um, and so I had this idea to, to like travel to the, where these people were and do a documentary, but you know, that takes time and resources and money. And I just didn't have that shit. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let me do this in a letter writing form. A couple of years later, I decided. Um, and so people send in letters from all over the world that are, you know, in one of the sentiments of thank you, I love you, I'm sorry, or in all three or a combination. It can be anonymous. It can be specific. You can name names. You can have your name. I don't give a fuck. And I do zero commentary. I just read your letter in the emotion that I presume after reading it myself first. And I just share so that people can get shit off their chest. People can let shit go and we can connect to other people being like, wow, I've been through that. Holy shit. Maybe I need to let some shit go. Um, I and it's love been cool. this. I it's been like 37, 37 letters so far. I got two more, one that I'm going to drop today and then one Friday. Um, it's slowed down because let's be real. Um, you know, uh, you say, oh, I'm going to write a letter. That's a great idea. And then life happens. Mm-hmm. You got to do it start, right then. Wait, yep, so or you I wanna... writing that letter and some real shit starts coming up and you don't want to continue writing that letter. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's opened up some doors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. First of all, can we offer this to all of our listeners right now that they could do this and send it to you? Please. Uh, yes. Email me, renbehavior at gmail.com. Um, Let's put again, that in the show I, notes. Zero commentary on your letter. Zero commentary. And you can be as, I've got some that are, I mean, explicit. Like the it, you know, thank you as I wipe my mouth from getting up off my knees. Thank, thank you for not saying I love you during that time. Like that type of shit all the way to just like, my dad and my relationship with my family and like all kinds of shit. So um, there, yeah. every letter sent in will be read. I do not discriminate. I don't care what it is. I will read every single letter. I love that about that. And also like I was on the treadmill the other day and I was listening to one and I was just like, I just started my own mind started wondering, like your voice is very soothing a, but like, picturing you know trying to put a picture of this person who's driving in her car and her her feelings and how she must be feeling at that moment and like it like it just it just kind of read like a like a story like I was just like whoa and it, yeah. they're short they're like you know a couple minutes long um but also things started coming up in my own where I'm like hmm I need to text that person I think I might have left them hanging or something like that right like just yep. a simple power of um hey thinking of you today whatever, get it off my chest because it was clearly something in there that I wasn't, you know, I was feeling some kind of feels for something that, you know, yeah. came through and, that, and, to that. and not just for you as the writer, but for whoever's listening, especially if you know that it was directed towards you, like think about how often when you're having a shitty day, someone says, thank you. Mm-hmm. Or like, it just gives you a random compliment or says, I love you or you know, whatever, like that can change somebody's life. Especially like we're in a fucked up situation right now. Everybody's <laughs> stuck at home, nowhere to fucking go. Like yeah. I'm in a county that like is the deadliest in LA County. Like this shit sucks. Yeah. Like it sucks. Like there's no other way around that. Um, the good thing for me is that I've gotten to do more of my shit and be more with my family, but I still miss fucking people. Mm-hmm. Like I miss people. Um, I can't tell if anyone's smiling at me with their fucking mask covering their face. <laughs> no um, shit. 
right? So like, here's an opportunity to, to share some, some real shit and connect with some folks on a, on a deep personal level. And you don't even have to attach your name to it. I literally added to my to-do list that I was complaining about earlier, write a letter. There you I'm go. very into this. This is so I weird. I, I know when I was, I was trying to explain it to I you. Bought a P, I got a PO box for this purpose because I always loved, do you know, post secret? Yes. With the, so, uh, are you talking? Go ahead. Like people sorry. like write a secret. Like it would be like, like anything. It could be like, I love to use the, you know, my odd socks to masturbate into, or it could be like, I should really <laughs> not have got that extra star for not cutting this day. I really did cut or something like some of them are like kind of funny, you know, and then some of them are like, I'll always be in love with my ex or so I wanted to kind of do uh, this thing, snap a secrets, like study notes, ABA secrets and people send in their secrets just because I just love the premise. Yeah. It's connection. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Like let, let we, we are social creatures, right? Like it's fucking connection, which goes to everything we've been talking about, like connect with people connect. and know that you're not alone. Right. Like, yeah. We just need to be more open and more, you know, you tell your story, you know, you have no idea how many people might need to hear that. Right. Yeah. To be like, oh, shit, you know what? No, communication is key. I learned that shit in my marriage. Like, I don't know what the fuck you want if you don't say nothing. Like, don't. (laughs) I'm not a mind reader and I won't even attempt to mind read. You either say what it is or like say la vie. I don't give what I what. Like I'm not, you can be mad as you want to be, but if you didn't say shit, how am I supposed to know? Yeah, exactly. And reinforce that behavior you want to see. Like yeah. I always I forget to do that with my husband all the time. Like I I'm so if I'm working, they, I, he he's like there's a fucking bomb could have gone off, Casey. The fire alarm could be going off and if you're working, you do not hear anything. And like so now I need to really make sure when he comes home that I'm like attending like give him a kiss. Like, Hey, like, thank you for going to work all day to, you know, support this house and support us. And like little things like that. And I can see his, his face changes, right? Like just that little, Oh, let me get off my computer real quick and give you some time because I am so guilty of just not doing that. I know, I know know we're probably running over time, but I I was just going to throw this in there to that. Um, I just gave this example to my students last night. I was like, imagine, and and being a parent has really changed my behavior with respect to this as a behavior analyst. And I and I'm not by any means perfect at all as a person, as a parent, none of that shit. But if I'm watching the Monday night football game and all three of my boys are running around the house, jumping, yelling, screaming, almost breaking shit, most parents will just yell, "Sit down! What are you doing?" Da-da-da-da-da-da. And you know they'll stop for 10, 15 minutes, and then be right back at that shit. But if while I'm watching the game, I can recognize that, holy shit, it's quiet. They sound like they're laughing and having a good time in the room. Get my up, get off my ass, walk into that room and be like, hey, fellas, I don't mean to interrupt. I just appreciate you guys playing nicely together. That warms my heart and it lets me watch my game, which, you know, I like. So thank you. Mm-hmm. My bad. Y'all go back to doing what you're doing. And I go sit the fuck back down. So what? I missed two plays. But now I get 45 minutes of un- uninterrupted time. Right. Yes. Like, but you got you have to stop and pay attention instead of reacting to everything. Be fucking proactive. Be proactive. I love that. Antecedent that bitch. Right? <laughs> All, right, All right. Well, let's, on yeah. this note, I'm pumped. I am, you know, Casey fangirls a lot more than me. Like in general, like, oh, I got to see this person speak. Oh, I got to see this person speak. And I'm always like, okay, cool. 
I'm a huge fan of yours. I mean, I know Casey Thank is too, you. but but like coming from me, please take that as a compliment because I don't really fangirl over that many people <laughs> and I can't name drop to the extent that Casey can <laughs> at all. Casey's like, yeah. I told you, I need her. She's the yin to my yang. She like does the research and all that. So I really appreciate you coming on. So thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you to both of you. Um, not just for having me, but for what you guys are doing. Like, I, I mean that shit for real. Um, it's important. It's necessary. And I love the fact that you guys are having fucking fun while you're doing it. I legit like wake up every fun. day with, okay, I know this is going over, but Casey and I talk about it all the time. I'm like, I literally wake up every day excited for the day. Like I wake up every day. I'm like, I can't wait for this. Like, I don't know. Like, like I have a lot of health problems. Like I told you, like three of my fingertips fucking fell off. I have lupus, scleroderma, all this stuff. But I have literally stayed out of the hospital because I have such a purpose and mission every single day. I feel so happy. Like Casey and I like flirt all day. Like I'm just so happy I work with you. I'm so happy I work with you, whatever it is. <laughs> Genuine excitement. And so it's honestly like, I could, I mean, I think I could probably speak for both of us. It's honestly like our pleasure doing it, you know? Nice. And that's what All more right, people yeah. need to do is find something like that. Cause guess what? Whether you guys make money on this or this becomes your full-time thing at the end of it, when it's all done and you've got 2000 episodes archived for the rest of history and time, that's a real contribution to the world. It's real. It's tangible. A permanent fucking product friends. Yep. And anyone wants to sponsor it. So we don't have to pay out of our own pocket for this podcast. And you're more than welcome to email the behavior ladies at gmail.com. <laughs> All right, Antonio, you rock. Thank you, everyone. Leon, where can they find us? Thank you, guys. This was great. You know where the hell to find us. You can find us on behaviorbitches.com, on Instagram, at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook, at Behavior Bitches Podcast. And if you want to support us to continue doing this, go right on over to patreon.com slash behaviorbitches for as low as $2 a month. You can support us to keep putting this out there. And as always, love you. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way you can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Cause guess what? We don't know shit with that, but we have Alan at pretty easy podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit. When we don't even know what he's doing, he sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him. And he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today.